Hey everyone, Pratiti Pathak here. Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama, where we talk about real life experiences, the challenges and the obstacles. Sometimes we use them to block ourselves. Sometimes we use them to grow and evolve. Here's what I wanna say. Obstacles are not the things blocking our path. Obstacles are the path. So in other words, we have to grow through what we go through. So join me as we have some amazing conversations with some amazing guests. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unpacking Brain Drama. So today I have an amazing new guest with us. Her name is Lauren Heath. She is a social worker gone entrepreneur and she is a video coach and her new program is Vibrant on Video. Hey Lauren, how are you? Hey Fertiti, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I totally love the name of your new program. And I think that I need to join because I need to be vibrant on video. (laughs) (laughs) You already are. You already are. But yeah, it's, it's a really fun program because it's like, you know, I get to meet all these different types of people who are on different places in their path of entrepreneurship. So it's fun to meet people wherever they're at and we are all learning and growing from each other. So that's awesome. So, so tell me, how did you go from social worker to becoming an entrepreneur and owning your own business and why video? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is a very great question because it's definitely been a couple leaps um, throughout the path. So I graduated um, from college with a psychology degree in women's studies. And I immediately out of college started working at a domestic violence shelter in my area. And the shelter that I worked at at the time, this was 10 plus years ago, It was actually at the time, the only shelter in Virginia, which is where I live and only one of nine in the entire U S that also Mm. had a shelter for pets, because oftentimes people don't leave an abusive relationship because they don't want to leave their pets behind. Obviously, if someone, you know, has the ability to harm a human, like the likelihood that they're also going to harm a pet is very likely. So, you know, that's a big barrier when it comes to people leaving abusive relationships. So having worked at the shelter and seeing, you know, people kind of come in and out and bring their pets. I was like, wow, people are literally willing to, yeah, risk their lives and their safety for their, their animals. Like that's really powerful. So um, yeah, I just kind of started doing more research about the human animal bond. And I hopped around into the social work field for a little while doing a bunch of different things. And then I, I, (laughs) kind of funny. I was like, okay, what can I do where I'm not so burnt out emotionally? Because it's really, as you may imagine, like it's heavy it stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. And you, you know, at the time I wasn't very good at, um, unboxing my own brain drama, I guess, to <laughs> bring it back here. I, it was really difficult for me to separate my own kind of trauma and things that I had gone through from like the things that I was seeing other people going through. So that makes so like, much sense. Yeah. What will I take home with me? So I went to work at a bank. It's <laughs> like, what's like the most emotionless job? Um, but I hated that. I love the customer service, but I hated the selling things to people that, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. So then I decided to put in my two weeks and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I didn't have a plan. Like I'm going to start a dog walking business. <laughs> um, and she still loves pets. Yeah. I was like, how do I work with animals and work with people and make money and mm. enjoy my life? Uh, and so, you know, I did that for seven and a half years. It, it took off and it worked out really well, thankfully. 
I had a really great support system. And I, you know, throughout, you know, my business, I started doing video more. I think the first, I didn't start really creating video content until like 2017, I think was when I made my first video, but I was like, oh, this is really fun. I could just talk to the camera and talk to people. And it's almost like being in person. And, you know, that really resonated with people. So I just kind of kept going. And then other pet sitters and dog walkers and people in my industry were like, Hey, like, you know, we see you doing this, like we want to do it too. And so I started kind of helping people with social media and teaching people about that kind of stuff. And um, yeah. And then it's eventually evolved into what I'm doing now. So (laughs) that's amazing. I mean, like just for you to go from social worker. And by the way, I totally get that because I originally went to school for criminal justice and psychology. And that's exactly what ended up happening is I kept thinking to myself, do I really want to be in this emotional space every single day? And Mm -hmm. I know with me, and then how funny your name is, your brand is Empath. So it's like, uh, it it just screams emotions. (laughs) And uh, I was in the same exact uh, thought process with, I will end up bringing all of this, like, I will be carrying around everybody's emotions with me all the Mm -hmm. time. I could just, I just knew that. So, um, but you did that for 10 years and you did that for 10 years. I, well, I was in social work for about three years and then I started my own pet care business. So So what made you, so you went from the social worker to pet care and that is because you were dealing with a lot of people saving their pets. So you just had this grown love for animals or you already had that? Oh, well, I definitely, I've, I mean, it's funny. I've always been an animal person. And so I thought when I was younger, I thought the only way that you could work with pets is to be a vet. And I knew from a very young age, like, I don't want to see the animals in pain and sad. And, you know, when they're sick, I knew, yeah, I I knew I didn't want that. So I was like, okay, well, I guess there's no, nothing else to do. So I never, never even occurred to me that there was another path. So um, yeah, it's actually funny. It was my ex-husband, my husband, as I like to say, who (laughs) was actually the one who um, was like, hey, you should start your own business. It's like, yeah, I can do that. So, you know, it's funny how, you know, life happens and things happen, but it's like, oh, it was actually that, that kind of pushed me to then start my own business, you know, knowing I had this love for pets and this passion for helping people. And so I kind of just combined the two and, you know, I think, I mean, of course I love working with animals, but I I definitely fell in love with business itself Mm. and, you know, creating something out of nothing like that creativity part of it was really, I think what, you know keeps me going and why I love doing what I'm doing now. Cause I get to take the, you know, my social worker hat and kind of put it back on and help people kind of unpack their, again, their brain drama in a way. And it's like, okay, well, why don't you want to show up on video? And people are like, oh, well, I don't like looking at myself. I'm like, okay, well, why? And, you know, we kind of go deep into that and, or, you know, whatever other kind of brain drama that they might be having. I so. love it. I love it. I love it because that is what I feel like life is about. Just a lot of brain drama in all of our different areas. And they come from so many different things, right? Um, so when you, and what made you uh, label your brand Empathpreneur? Where did that come from? Cause that's such, that's an awesome name, by the way. I love it. Thank you. I mean, so I was like, I, I had done a coaching program um, where, you know, we were trying to figure out, you know, our branding and things like that. And she recommended like coming up with like an alter ego in a way. 
because I was just going to use my name. My business is technically Lauren A. Heath LLC, mm-hmm. but you know, that's just like the formal, you know, operational name. And I was like, oh, well, what would it be? And so one of the assignments was to just literally post online and be like, what words do you think of when you think of me? And, you know, every time I, I did that on the different platforms, and I was talking with people, empathy kept coming up. It's like, well, I'm definitely an empathetic person. And I do identify as an empath, which is why social work was so different for me. I just was like absorbing all of this. And I didn't know how to, you know, come to yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just so, it does, it, like to be able to separate yourself from it is a lot, uh, a, a lot more um, challenging when you are super empathetic. So I, I totally get that. Oh yeah. It's like, I always say empathy is my um, superpower and my kryptonite. (laughs) So still learning how to like control it. But so I was like, how, what's a way that I can combine like empathy and entrepreneurship? Because ultimately that's why I believe that my business, my pet care business did so well. I didn't know anything about business. Like I didn't know what forms to fill out to start a business or to hire people or like how to pay taxes. I mean, of course I did Mm. all those things and I learned all that, but what I did know is how to talk to people, how to form relationships, how to have conversations, how to make people feel heard and listened to. And that ultimately is why my business, in my opinion, took off the way that it did. It wasn't because I was the best dog walker or pet sitter or the most qualified. I definitely wasn't the most qualified at all or the most experienced, but I just, I knew how to relate to people and I really truly cared. And so that, you know, really showed and, you know, and then I hired people who had those same qualities and, you know, did a great job, you know, screening people and all these different things. So that I believe empathy is the foundation of everything that I built in my business. So it was only kind of natural once I kind of, you know, was doing more thinking about it. It was like, oh, well, th- this is the crux and the core of everything. So it, it had to go together. I love it. I love it. So, and then straight from there, like dog walking to now, did you, you did the bank first, right? Yeah, that was just for, for a short a period of time. Yeah. And then you went from dog walking to video. So tell me how you got to <laughs> pet sitting to dog walking to video. Yeah. So I started, it started in September. So it was a little over six months ago. I signed up for this course called Digital Course Academy with Amy Porterfield. And I love Amy Porterfield. She is the coolest. <laughs> I love her. I really like her a lot. She's straight and out of my school. She's she's awesome. with the life coach school. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't yes. realize that. Yes. Yeah, she's great and she's so knowledgeable. And, you know, I was taking her class and originally I thought, oh, I'm going to create a course that is for pet parents. And as soon as I started delving deeper into things, I was like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I want I want to help business owners because that's you know, again, going back, like, that's what I really fell in love with. I fell in love with business and like helping people grow. And, you know, not that I don't want to help pet parents. Like I'm a pet parent. I have pets and things like that, but you know, I want to help people grow their businesses. And so I, as soon as I kind of realized that I was like, I I need to start a whole new business. (laughs) So I took her class and then I realized I need to start a new business. So I started a new business and then going through that course, I was trying to figure out, okay, what is it that I want to create my course around and like, what was it my business is going to do? And I was still figuring that out. And, you know, I originally was going to create a course about um, like something different related to social media. And I kept in the conversations that I was starting to have with people about social media, you know, I naturally kept bringing video up and I kept seeing a lot of resistance. Mm. People were like, oh no, like I'm not a video person or, oh, the technology is too overwhelming. I can't do that. 
you know, all these different things. And I was like, wait, this is actually what I want to be helping people with because it's so powerful. And, you know, we're recording this episode on video. Like, yeah, we know the power that video has, especially being in a global pandemic. It's just, it's, you can't even measure how, how powerful this tool is in this form of communication. So it was just kind of natural. It just naturally kind of happened that way. That's awesome because you're absolutely right. I mean, if anybody needs you right now, it's all of us. Um, and I, I, I recently just talked to, and if anybody, if, if anybody wants to see Lauren, she's so cute. Take a look at us on, um, on the uh, YouTube when we, when we post this because uh, she's super cute. And if you go to her LinkedIn page, you'll see, and if you see any of her posts, you'll know what an animal lover she is because she's constantly posting with her um, cat. And by the way, I'm so sorry to hear about your little cat. Thank you. Yeah. I, I just saw that you lost your little one. Yeah. It's so hard. It's, <laughs> and that's been really interesting too. It's like, I've lost, I have two cats or I had two cats and they're brothers. And one of them I had to put down literally like four days ago. Yeah. And I've just been like, okay, what's the best, best way for me to show up while I'm in the middle of a launch, <laughs> you know, yeah. trying to you know, promote my course and also still take care of myself. And it's been an interesting balance. So I've just been kind of just listening to whatever feels right in the moment, but Good, no, good. And I, brain drama happening for myself. <laughs> well, and I and I'm sorry for derailing our conversation. I know we were talking about the video. And by the way, I know that um, and I didn't know this before. Um, everybody's on the Zoom just like we are right now. And um I was on an event and there happened to be somebody who was highly talented like yourself and uh, he's a stylist and he's a design artist and he, he makes costumes and has his clothing line and things like that. And he also helps people with their presence on Zoom mm -hmm. and on video. And I had no idea that black and white aren't the best things. I had no idea that certain prints like, you know, they move on camera, I guess. So there's just so many different things to think about when you're presenting yourself um, via video instead of in person. You know, what we tend to think is professional and presentable in person when we go to meet people is completely different. So I have to sometimes think about that a lot. Actually, I do think about that a lot because there's so many times I'm meeting with people online and then I have to run out because I'm still working as a realtor as well. So, you know, coaching and realtor, the coaching I'm doing online, real estate, I'm still going out there. So just trying to make sure I look presentable in both places <laughs> without having to change my clothes a bunch of times. So what, what does somebody get out of uh, coming to your new course with the vibrant on video? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... What I really love about it is I'm really trying to help people with mindset ish issue. Well, I don't want to say mindset issues, but you know, pe people who are just stuck in our heads because ultimately that's where I was and that's where I know I struggled the most. And so it's really easy for me to help this group of people because I was that person four years ago. So, you know, a lot of people feel really overwhelmed when it comes to getting on video because they're like, oh, like I don't want to, like you're saying, like I don't know the right thing to wear or they feel too self conscious looking at themselves or, a lot of, for a lot of people, it's like the technology parts of things. And, you know, we have all these reasons that are, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, they're like excuses 
for why we feel that way, which is totally okay. Like it's okay to have excuses, but I think, you know, for a lot of people, they know that they feel scared, but they feel ready to kind of step beyond these barriers that, you know, we've kind of created or have in our heads that have created themselves and really to just move beyond it. So I'm excited to be able to help people go from that to feeling like a lot more excited and and optimistic about getting on video. And the way I do things is like super simple. Like you don't have to know how to like edit video or have video editing software or do anything like that. My goal is to kind of just help people show up on video. And then, you know, in my course, there are some more advanced things where I go over kind of like some technology type things like streaming software, um, you know, which there are other things to help mm. kind of take it to the next level. So um, it's a really comprehensive course. I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah. And yeah, there's going to be a, a community as well, because I'm sure, you know, having met in a, you know, community online, like, you know, the support is not just you taking the course. It's like having these group of people, um, you know, around you and, you know, 99% of the people in the course right now are women. So, you know, it's like, there's this camaraderie of being together and kind of going through this journey together. So that's another big piece of it that I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm super excited for you. I, I think I might have to join your course and I'm being very serious. When's the deadline to join your course? Yeah, um, it's this Thursday, it's, uh, the fit, uh, the 1st of April. Yeah, the April first. Oh, <laughs> like, just kidding. You can sign <laughs> up tomorrow. <laughs> no, I think that's a, that's really great. Um, so let me just ask you something, you know, you originally went into social work. Was there a reason for going into social working and what, like, did you ever think you were going to be an entrepreneur? Like, how did, how, how did you think about, how did you deal with your brain drama around um, going yeah. from one to the other? Yeah. So I had, I didn't declare my major in college until like, I think my, the end of my sophomore year. So it was pretty late and I was just basically avoiding it. Cause I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. Um, but I took this class that was actually really helpful where you were basically just taking all these different like quizzes and things and learning about what you like and don't like. And the things that I kind of kept coming back around to is I felt really passionate about women and helping serve women and connect with women and um, just, you know, like mental health and um, I don't know if social justice is the right word, but, you know, just basically being in like a helping field or something that's more progressive. So so that was really helpful. And I decided, well, maybe I might want to become a therapist. So I'll just major in psychology and then I'll just kind of figure it out from there. <laughs> Cause I feel like psychology, you can apply that to like anything. So, um, yeah. And then it was once I got involved with the women and gender studies program at my school that I really started learning more about like gender-based violence and, mm. uh, you know, all these different things that, you know, we struggle with as women, you know, maybe not like myself specifically, I'm very privileged and very lucky. I'm a white cisgendered straight passing woman. And so like my struggles are, you know, a lot different than, and, and less in some ways than others. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, learning how to like kind of navigate my own privilege, I think helped me reflect on like the impact that I wanted to have in my community and my world and my space. And so I connected with this nonprofit in my area. It's called Doorways for Women and Families. And I got an internship there and it was just really connecting with that organization and just learning more about issues that happened and things that were beyond like my little bubble, my tiny 
privileged, uh, you know, little bubble, it really kind of opened my eyes. So yeah. it was that organization that really, I think, opened me up to wanting to kind of get more into like social work and, and those types of things. So, and then when you, when you decided to not be doing that, which of course your background probably really helps, especially with the video part of it, just because like you said, you know, the reasons for people to not want to get on video or, or not go for it, you know what I mean? I actually have, um, friends that, they won't even do a they won't even do a video chat just to like you know especially when we were shut down we could only talk on the phone mm-hmm. because they didn't want to get on video and i just, and i also notice a lot of people when they get on video for you know just fun not for business mm-hmm. but they'll be in like yeah. a darker setting as if they're trying to hide and i always found that interesting because some you know i'm we're all trying to make sure that we got the right lighting, and you know, and then, and then um, there's probably just so much uh, that you help with on the brain drama side of it, because the fears are from lack of confidence or thinking we're going to mess up some of what you said with the technology. So when you went from um, social work, you decided to own your own business. Um, something that really rings a bell for me when I hear the name of your brand, which is Empathpreneur, is what women bring to business with mm-hmm. uh, their compassionate, you know, their, their passion, their uh, empathy for their employees. I think there's like a feminine side to everybody. And I think there's a masculine side to everybody. And I know we've talked about this plenty of times. Um, but when we think about what a, what a man brings to a business as a boss or a supervisor or, or as an owner, um, as a business owner, and then what a woman brings, I think that we both have both sides, right? Like women are going to maybe be a little more compassionate, but sometimes women put on that masculine um, side of them so much more than they need to when they're in a, uh, a power position. And I wish that they wouldn't do that as much because I don't think it's necessary in so many ways. I think that the, the empathy part of it, the compassion part of it, caring about your employees and really, you know, loving them as human beings probably goes a lot, lot further than being hard and strong and strict in a business. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. I I think it's really interesting, like you're saying, you know, um, and I I support, you know, women, like no matter what, if they, you know, need to like, depending on where you work, like I've never worked on Wall Street or anything like that, but (laughs) I would imagine if a woman might need to tap more into the masculine side in order to be taken seriously. And so, you know, that makes sense to me. Um, I think it's really great though. And like you're saying, super powerful when, you can lead, you know, a group of whatever types of people, a variety of different people and be that compassionate, soft, but strong person. I actually have, I have a friend that made me um, this little like cross stitch thing um, when I was going through my divorce and it says, I'm a brutally soft woman. It's from like a poem. I love it too, because it's like, it really takes strength to be soft and vulnerable. And I think that's, something that, you know, I didn't really learn until the past couple of years. And so 
I think that that's starting to be talked about more. And I love, and of course, I'm sure you know, Gary V. I love that he is yes. like this very like, I don't know, at first, you know, I was, I was a little off put. I think many people are, cause he's just very like loud, you know, loud yes. and aggressive and, you know, all this stuff, but he's very in touch with his emotions and um, very emotionally intelligent and has this empathy and, and talks a lot about empathy. And so I think, you know, if, we as humans, and especially men, I think in business too, are able to kind of try to maybe bring that in more. And it would be, it, it is a beautiful thing to see. I, I always really appreciate working with men and talking to men who are very comfortable, you know, being in touch being, with that more feminine side. Yeah. And we know, we know quite a few men like that, don't we? Um, yeah. We have, uh, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I started a construction company with my husband. And at the time he knew how to do the work. I knew the business part of it. So just like you said, like I had to put on a little more masculinity just to get men to like, listen to me while I was like to get them to even want to talk to me about repairing their roof, because they were just like, really, I'm going to talk to you. Who's <laughs> a little tiny little Indian girl. You know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to bother with me. But then when I had my own painting business after my divorce, I had a crew of guys and I was very good to them as a, a, a boss. I was strict and strong, but I was super loving and caring. And that went so much further. That went so much further. So I just, I, I like having that balance of being able to, uh, I think there's a difference between just being strong and in control than being confident and feeling powerful just from confidence of knowing your trade, knowing your business, knowing what you want, knowing how you want to serve your clients um, and knowing how you want to serve your employees and your staff and your members. Because I think that, um, that really trumps you know, that is power, actually. To me, that is power, is being able to be really giving the most, um, we have, we strive for giving really great customer experience to, to our customers. Though I think it go your, your business becomes wildly successful when you're super um, intentional about how supportive you are and giving your staff the most amazing employee experience, if you will. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would ask my team members, you know, back when I had, you know, at, at one point I had up to 10 people on my, you know, tiny little business and my little dog walking <laughs> company. And so, you know, and there's a lot of turnover in, in that industry in pet care a lot. Cause you know, it's a, a lot of people see it as like a side job and, you know, not like a career. And so there's a like lot a of stepping stone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would ask people, you know, when they're quarterly reviews, you know, what make, what would make you leave and what makes you stay? And most people's answers were the same, which is we stay because of you and we love working for you. We don't want to do dog walking and petsing forever, but we're here because you're a good boss and you treat us well. We know that you care about us. And it's like, you know, I was never a manager before, or I was very, very briefly at the bank, but, you know, I don't have any like leadership experience, any formal training or anything like that. But again, what I knew is that, okay, if I just try to take the best care of my people as I can and try to see them as humans and not, you know, a cog in this wheel or just like someone who's like a subordinate, like I hate that word, you know, and it's just like, if you saw them as a human, as a person, yeah, 
you know, they're going to want to, to work for you and they're going to want to do good work and will be flexible, you know, when things are crazy and hectic because that happens in business. Right. So it's like, just treat, treat, just treat people well. Yeah. People, no. Employees, clients. That is true because, you know, it, when, when we need people in our business to really um, work the hardest is when like we're in a crunch time, when we're having, you know, depending on the type of business you have, you might have deadlines that you have to meet. I know that as um, a contractor, whether it was um, construction work or painting business, I know that no matter how much my clients uh, love me, they still want me to finish the job and get out of their house. You know what I mean? They they want me to like hurry up and do the job and leave. Right. So I would always give my guys bonuses like, Hey, you know, we told them that we would be done in four days, but if we can get out of here in three and a half days, I'll give you guys a bonus. And you know, that's it, you know, basically you're paying them for the full time, but they're going to work really hard and get the job done. And they love you for it because they get the day off, you know, they have the day off and, yeah, it's a win-win. You know, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things is when your people love you, they're mm-hmm. going to go the extra mile. They're going to cancel a, a personal plan that they might've had, you know, that somebody else might've blown you off, blown their job off, blown the hours off to go do what they wanted to do. Instead, they're going to, they're going to care about you right back and say, no, you need me right now. I'm, I'm here for you. So, right. yeah, absolutely. That's why I, I truly do feel like empathy is the most important business tool, so to speak, because if you have that, then everything else can flow. You can hire people, you can outsource things, you know, you can manage your team differently. Like it's, I think it's the key to everything. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. So let me ask you something. What does young Lauren look like? What is is your um, growing up experience? What's your family dynamic? What was that all about? Yeah, I had a really great childhood. I feel like very, very lucky. My dad was in the military. So we traveled around a lot. He was in the army. And so we were constantly moving every couple of years. You know, my parents are still together. I'm very, very lucky in that. I know that's, I'm learning. That's very rare. It seems like (laughs) in a lot of cases. So, you know, I had my mom, my dad, and I have a younger brother who's three years younger than me. And so it was just always the four of us, you know, moving around everywhere we went. So we finally, um, moved to Virginia where I'm at now, I guess, oh my gosh, 20 years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and so people always ask, where are you from? I'm like, oh, well, I'm not really from anywhere, but I guess if I've lived here longer than I haven't lived here, then I guess I'm from here now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say you moved around a lot when you were younger, but now you've been a resident of Virginia for how long? You said 20 years? Yeah, 20 years. <laughs> if, I think that's just like a military brat thing. You know, we're always like, oh, we don't feel like we belong to any particular place. But I guess my family was always my home. Um, so, you know, I went to college, you know, like right up the street at Mason, like 45 minutes away because I didn't want to mm. be too far from them. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Are they, I mean, are they in Virginia now? Yeah, they live oh. 15 minutes away. And my brother lives four minutes away. Everyone's really close. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so were they super supportive of you going to school for psychology or did they ever want you to go to school for something else or? No, it's, it's so interesting. So we're Jewish and I know that I, I learned later in life that, you know, there's a lot of, I guess, like stereotypes around like, you know, expectations in regards to, you know, that kind of culture. But my family was always very supportive of me, no matter what I wanted to do. 
they never pushed me to like, oh, you need to be a lawyer or a doctor or anything like that. They just wanted me to be happy and work hard and, you know, to be successful in that way. So they were really supportive. They were very scared when I put in my notice at the bank and was like, I'm starting a business. They were very nervous, but they still supported me. And in that, you know, endeavor and, you know, again, when I, you know, closed down my pet care business and went all in on my new business, they were very understanding and supportive of that. So I guess, cause they've seen me do it once. They know I can do it again. They have <laughs> some is, confidence in you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that feels good. I know that not everyone has that. And so I, I feel very fortunate. And I think that that, you know, has helped shape me into the person that I am and, and probably why I feel so passionate and confident about helping other people, because I know that I had, I know what it looks like to have really great support. And I know that not, not everyone has that. And so if I'm able to take some of the support that I've had and kind of pour into other people's cups, then, you know, their cups can be filled. And then, you know, maybe in, in turn, they can then pour into other people's cups and, you know, we can just try to slowly change the world and, you know, make everyone feel better and happier and more confident and fulfilled in their lives. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Because, um, you know, you're right. We're not, we don't all have that. I am also very fortunate. My parents are still together and, um, it was also just the four of us. I was I have a younger sister that's eight years younger than me. That <laughs> so we were we always both of us grew up as only children because we were so far apart in age. But um, uh, we were very close, and um, my parents are super supportive of stuff that I do as well. I know that culture for me played a big role in like you know originally. I'm sure my parents wanted me to marry somebody within my own culture. Did you have that with um, being Jewish? No, actually. Well, no, but also <laughs> Did I, they know, want like, you to, but they were like, if you don't, that's fine. <laughs> they, they never pushed me. I mean, I, my Bubby, my, my grandma and like my mom would make jokes every so often, like, Oh, find a nice Jewish boy. But yeah. you know, they're, they were happy to, you know, have me as long as I'm happy and with someone who, you know, will take good care of me and you know, that I feel supported by, you know, that's really all that matters to them. So yeah, because push. now did you ever have any family members? Did they, did everybody feel that way? Cause I know that, you know, so many times religion plays a role because the whole thought is on how you're going to raise your children. If you marry outside of the religion. Right. Not that I know of, but then again, you know, my, so my cousins, they're not, I mean, their mom's Jewish. So technically, I guess, you know, by blood they are, but I think they're not, they don't identify as Jewish. So, okay. So it's different. Was your husband Jewish? No, he was oh. Filipino. So when we got married, we had, um, it was actually really beautiful. We, we tried to really acknowledge that we were from different cultures. And so what we did is we kind of combined different traditions and actually, you know, Filipino, you know, traditions are, a lot of them are Catholic and there's actually a lot of similarities between some Catholic traditions and some Jewish traditions. So it, we kind of created our own thing, which I thought was really beautiful. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. is really beautiful. I'm glad that, you know, that's really nice to hear because so many times, um, you know, the outside world puts pressures on us and we don't know how to navigate around that. So it's really refreshing mm -hmm. to hear um, somebody that just comes from a very supportive background. Somebody didn't have those types of exterior pressures and you were able to just kind of be yourself and they helped you evolve into your own 
person as your own human being, which is really amazing. You you really are a lucky girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like I said, I feel like I was very privileged and very I was very sheltered. I think is another word in in a lot of ways, but I I think in a good way, which has led to you know having a really positive outlook on life. And you know, I try to carry that through in my business and try to share that with other people as well. That's amazing. Well, if somebody wants to join your program, since we're limited on um, the days left to be able to join your program, uh, the deadline is Thursday, right? Yeah. And if I, depending on when this releases, you know, there will be a wait list for when it opens back up again later this year. So um, yeah, you could just find me on social at empathpreneur. And yeah, I'm, I'm there. And the course is called Vibrant on Video and I can send you all the links and stuff. That's amazing. Um, if you uh, want to reach out to you, are you on all the social media platforms? How can people get you? Just on the on that link right there that we'll put down the bottom in the notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not active on there. I try to just focus on those three. So, I think yeah. Twitter's taking a hit. <laughs> I think Twitter's too- taking a hit. <laughs> too much it's overstimulating for my brain I get overwhelmed yeah I I I agree (laughs) we won't say any more about Twitter but yes so it's been amazing Lauren thank you so much for joining us today yeah thank you for having me it's been a pleasure awesome see you guys thank you for listening to the unpacking brain drama podcast You'll find links for all things mentioned in the show notes below. It would be incredibly awesome if you could take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you'd like to be considered a guest on our podcast, be sure to go to www.resultsbydesigncoaching.com for a free 30-minute coaching session.